Welcome to the Pull Apart Podcast. I'm Josh Heiser, joined with James Prophet. And today we are still covering Bret Hart versus Owen Hart. Yes, we'll be talking more about Jim the Anvil Nightheart in a non-tribute manner than you've probably ever heard him talked about in a podcast. And I'm an Anvil fan, so that's not a bad thing. He's alright. He's alright. Okay, stick around. Okay, so welcome to episode number three of the Pull Apart, Josh. How's it been, man? All right, it's been about uh, five minutes since we recorded the last one. Yep. <laughs> Took some headache medicine, and we talked about suicide. So good times. We're all happy. <laughs> Let's keep going. All right. So where we are right now, we're at the first legitimate sidebar of the feud, where we're gonna sidestep from Brett first Owen into the King of the Ring 1994. And so what we got here is Diesel, newly crowned Intercontinental Champion, the man who eliminated seven straight people at the Royal Rumble. Dumbest moniker of all time. Keep going. <laughs> is declared the number one contender, <laughs> and he gets the title shot at Brett. Owen really has nothing to say about this. He seems fine with it. You know, he never talks about it. He just says... Okay, so I'm going to prove to any doubter that I actually am what I said I am, which is the best there is, was, and ever will be. And if that starts by winning the King of the Ring, just like Brett did, that's fine. Because if I was in it last year, I would have won it then, and so I'm going to prove it by winning it this year. And again, the symmetry is kind of cool because some of the same people that were in the tournament last year are in it again. Tatanka is in it again. Is in it again. Bam Bam Bigelow, Razor Ramon. They're all in the tournament again, and so you really do get kind of the sense like Owen Hart is running through that original field. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, Brett says he's, you know, not take, turning on any challengers, and he's not. Mm-hmm. So. He's not, yeah. And those right two of those three guys in that original tournament, Owen faces each of them in the tournament along with the one, two, three kid, and then Doink the Con in the qualifying match to get in. So it's pretty so cool. He hates Doink. He beats Doink. He overcomes the challenge of Doink the Clown. <laughs> Did you ever play the WrestleMania arcade game back uh, in the day? All the time. All right. So, right, like The Undertaker would hit people with tombstones and Doink had like a giant hammer. It used to always crack me and my friend up when Doink would win. And Vince McMahon's soundbite was, you got to give credit to Doink the Clown. Yeah. <laughs> it's which is like a writer or something. <laughs> right. Somebody saying that. <laughs> so good. Uh, so anyway, uh, this starts proper. The match is announced. The following Raw, Jerry Lawler has longtime nemesis Bret Hart on the King's Court. And Lawler's talking trash. You know, he's really digging into Bret. And Lawler man cannot believe that yeah, he's talking about I can't him. believe he's saying that. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are the possibilities that Lawler would talk bad about him? He's being pretty gutsy for, you know, his character is usually a coward. And then right before Brett 
has had enough and decks him. Waller says, hold on, I can tell you're feeling froggy and you want to jump, but before you do, let me introduce my next guest. And then he surprises Brett by breaking out Sean and Diesel. And then Sean, you know, kind of gets in Brett's face. Diesel gets a really cheesy line. Come to King of the Ring, Hitman. You're going to get the VIP treatment. VIP. Big Daddy Cool. That being very intense pain. Shawn Michaels, for the first time, screws Bret Hart by just throwing sucker punches at him. And then they just start beating Bret down. They're kicking him. Talking about sucker punches, I didn't know James was coming here to talk shit about Shawn Michaels. I like Shawn Michaels. <laughs> He's great. He's great. He screwed Bret Hart. Great wrestler. <laughs> and then so... After this beatdown, the following week, on Superstars, Brett gets to respond here. And my inner child just sings here. He says, the attack proved one thing, and that's that Diesel is not jam up enough to get the job done by himself. And every time Brett uses the phrase jam up, like, I feel like I'm being rewarded for something good I've done by the heavens. Like, I feel like my inner child has just won the Super Bowl. There's a happy dance going on. So good. Anyway, Brett gets the line he'd use in the next three pay-per-view matches with Diesel, saying that a Diesel cannot outrun a Porsche. But Diesel, mark my words, I know one thing. When you step in the ring with me, keep in mind that a Diesel can never outrun or outperform a Porsche. And then Todd Pettengill lets us know for the first time that because of this attack, because of Shawn Michaels, Brett is going to have a family member in his corner for the match. And they stress that it's a family member. So at this point, the Hart family members that we know are Stu Hart, his dad, Mm -hmm. Bruce and Keith, his brothers, and the British Bulldog, Uh, who is not part of the WWF, his brother-in-law, all in Helen. Helen Hart. (laughs) You're a big Helen fan, aren't you? Mm -hmm. We'll get to that later. Who do you think is a bigger or a better actress, Helen Hart or Linda McMahon? Mm, man, it's close. I think I'd rather go with Helen Hart. Who do you think would win in a match? <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> 1994. Mm, you gotta go with Linda McMahon on that one. Okay, I think you're right. But it's Helen like a hundred. So, in the next week's King of the Ring report. Owen's opponent has also qualified now. It's Tatanka. Owen gets a promo, and again, for months, Owen had been you know, talking to Brett, and every promo, he'd end with the word brother. Like, at WrestleMania, I'm going to beat you, you know, brother. I was going to ask you about that. Was that just a like, byproduct of Hulk Hogan being so popular in the early 90s, or was he laying in on thick that him and Brett were brothers? I think it was supposed to be kind of a play. Like, it was part, partially because in wrestling, you know, they call people brother, and partially yeah. because Brett really is his brother. But anyway, Owen ends this promo instead of saying brother. He says, I'm going to beat you, engine. Which he said it to Tatanka. The, the cheap stereotype heat was definitely a thing throughout the 1990s, definitely in the 80s, even more in the 70s. But nowadays, couldn't touch this with a pole, right? I don't know. They just uh, announced Saudi Arabia is going to happen again this year. So are they going to air that on the network? I don't know, but I know Taker's going to be there. So <laughs> sure, he's not doing it for no reason. Gosh. Okay, so did you see the story about the graphic last year with for the Saudi show? This was really, really, really unfortunate. So 
the journalist thing happened where the journalist, you know, just doing his job got caught up. It was a travesty. It was horrible. Um, WWE has that show scheduled for Saudi Arabia. And I want to say the, I think the picture that they used to promote the event was of a tombstone and it says something like there is no way out and it came right after this i love when they show it and like renee young and uh what's his name Uh, michael cole yeah and Corey graves i think michael cole's talking yeah and they just stare at the screen like I hate my life right now. <laughs> right, yeah. It's like, how did this get past editing? <laughs> There's also that famous Taker promo that they covered on the John Oliver show where he's giving an interview about the match and people are cheering him because he's a legend. They're chanting Undertaker over and over and he says, DX, next week, Undertaker, un- at Crown Jewel, under <gasps> Like... <laughs> That show was a train wreck in even every in entertaining way fans. possible. Yeah, yes, they. Um, so I don't know. They that hated we've moved it too. on from Tataka, but... Sorry, yeah. So well, maybe we have, but Vince hasn't. Yeah. <laughs> Owen uses the term engine. Right. Um, Diesel. Let's see. In that promo or in that report, Diesel says he's gonna take the. WWF title and then he'll have two belts and he says he will this having two belts will make him quote everything in the world wrestling federation and that would have been fine that would have been a fine win in the promo <laughs> and then he screams Brett Hart it's so bad right it's so awesome it's I love it when random things like, oh, you were fine until you should have just left it alone. <laughs> I love it when that happens. So, yes, one of the things my wife will get on me about is I like bad things. And so if I ever say something is awesome and you think, that sounds really stupid, it's because it was really stupid. And I think that that makes it awesome. I know you're a big Jingle All the Way fan, James. Oh, gosh, the Sinbad movie with Arnold. So Josh and I have this tradition that we haven't been able to do for a couple of years, but every Christmas we'll get our families together and we'll watch an intentionally terrible Christmas movie or special. Frost, what is it, Frosty Returns? Frosty Returns, where they build an altar to the fertility goddess, the little kids do. And then... do. <laughs> as one does. And then there is uh, Jingle All the Way with Sinbad and Arnold Schwarzenegger. We watched that one year, too. Yeah. I, I'm really hoping we're going to watch that Miz movie next year. Or I guess this year. What was it called? I, I think it was called Jingle All the Way, too. Was it really? I'm pretty sure. Oh, that's right. I remember that. Oh, yeah. man, we have to watch that. Uh, see, all right. We're making plans, people, December. <laughs> Maybe we'll mention this once we get there in our podcast. Or review it. Live review with our wives. Oh, there you go. Oh. See, that would be fun. Okay. So, in-ring interview, um, Owen brings up that there are eight elite wrestlers who are interviewing Owen Hart in the ring, Ray Rougeau. And Owen says, I'm just going to do this because I would have won it last year. I'm going to win it this year, and I'm going to prove to everybody I'm the best. Ray Rougeau thanks Owen. And then the real crux of this interview, Owen says, hold on. Don't wrap up yet. 
And he turns to the camera and he says, Mom and Dad, when I win this, I don't want you trying to kiss up to me like you've been trying to do recently. He says he doesn't need them now. They weren't there for him, and now he's done with them. And the camera turns to this 11-year-old boy in the audience, <laughs> and his jaw is on the floor. It's like, Mom and Dad, I don't need you. And he goes like, oh, you can't say that. An 11-year-old boy. No, I, he was shocked. You can't say that about your mom and dad. So I thought that was pretty cool. Like, okay, this is working on the young crowd. And then that takes us to King of the Ring 1994. When I brought this up on the network, uh, there is an option for alternate commentary. And Ooh. I thought, oh, cool. Maybe there's, a, maybe there's a version without Art Donovan. But alas, that is not the case. We had to sit through Art Donovan for this entire show. What is the alternate commentary? It's Spanish. Oh, okay. Which, you know, that's good that that population is represented. And also, Art Donovan really, really sucks. Man. If they were doing radio WWF at the time, it'd be cool to have that as an option. Anything. Okay. So, show opens up with the heels of the tournament arguing over who's going to win. That leads into Own Heart versus Tatanka, eventually. And it takes Art Donovan. If you're not familiar with what this show is famous for, it's the phrase, how much does this guy weigh? Throughout the show, Art Donovan, he's a former football player. Very interested in this. Yeah, he asked this question, I think, like 15 or 20 times throughout the show. So Owen comes out, and it takes him no longer than Owen walking through the curtain to say, how much does this guy weigh? And that's it. So 235, is that right? Uh, 227. 227. You know, you say you're a man. 235. I, I was he I don't even know I remember that because I'm a weirdo okay but. well I, I don't, apparently I only remember wrestlers weights if they're from Canada I guess <laughs> and I'm from Cincinnati so there's no Where's reason what, for that at what? all 234 oh one less than Sean got it okay <laughs> <laughs> Sean really was Forever. the bigger man all these years <laughs> <I understand>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who the taller though I, I think Sean was 6'1 that sounds right yeah. Zero. Yeah, something. Yes, I think six. Yeah. So Art Donovan, if man, if you're not gonna watch this, go watch the Randy Savage George Steele match from WrestleMania two. Okay. Count the number of times Susan St. James says, "Uh oh," and then drag that out for three hours, and that's what it's like to watch Art Donovan on this show. It's a pretty cool match here. Owen kind of uses the same strategy he used to beat Brad at WrestleMania ten. Um, and again, it's to show he's on the same level for technical wrestling as Brett. Um, he even beats Tatanka in another cool bit of symmetry, the same way that the Bulldog beat Brett at SummerSlam 92. It, like, in the long run, it, it meant nothing. It wasn't mentioned on commentary, but if you caught it, again, Bell reward fans for paying attention. That was pretty cool. After that match, Sean and Diesel get a promo. Uh, they ask if they're concerned about who the mystery family family <laughs> member is. And Sean says, well, I think it's safe to say it's not the Rocket. So, no, I'm not concerned about who it is. So that's kind of a cool way of Sean putting Owen Hart over and making a joke at the same time. Um, there's a Brett promo. But before we get to this... I want to talk about the new generation ad that they ran during King of the Ring. Josh, do you remember this thing at all? 
new generation? Yeah, so like obviously at the time the WWF was calling their wrestlers the new generation. Right. And so what they did here, if you didn't live through this, the screen would say the old and it would be like black and white footage of people trying to get one person a one person playing off the ground and then it would say the new and it would show footage of the blue angels doing tricks in their jets <laughs> and so they would do this with three or four different things and they end it by showing the old and it's a four-way split screen of hulk hogan andre the giant ivan putsky and the iron sheik and then they say the new and the four people they chose to show here are Owen Hart and Razor Ramon, both fair choices, along with Mabel and Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett, new generation. And then they show a graphic of Tatanka's Warhammer Light oh, Show. <laughs> I do not recall this. They could have done a lot better with your choices here. I yeah. mean, Mark Marrow <laughs> would have been better than this. I mean, if you're watching this at the time, you... You had Brett, you know, all right. And then you're like, you had Taker, you had Yokozuna, but instead, Arnold Hulk Hogan is nothing next to Jeff Jarrett. And then even in 2011 in TNA, Jeff Jarrett was still playing second fiddle to Hulk Hogan. So that was a bad choice in 1994. (laughs) Anyway, the Brett promo, he says he's not going to reveal who the family member is, but he puts over the jackknife powerbomb huge. Diesel jackknifed Brett on the king, on uh, the King's Court. Awesome move. Yeah, he said it's one of the most painful things he ever felt, and he's not sure if he would be able to kick out if Diesel were to somehow manage to put that on him. And, by the way, that is a threat through all four of the Brett Diesel matches, if you ever want to go back and watch those. Could Brett Hart kick out of the jackknife? That's a running threat. So, um, is there a DVD of the Brett Diesel feud? They don't do enough few DVDs. They did the Brett Sean one, right? Yeah. And they really didn't include all the promos that really yeah, would have made the heart of it. But yeah, yeah that, that kind of annoyed me because it had so much potential and they really just let it fall through. Don't there. worry, we'll do that. There you go. <laughs> so, Brett vs. Diesel, the mystery family member, is a character we all know but we never knew was a well, brother in law. Yeah, I go. I think we missed. There is a sign if we're talking about the times in the crowd that says King of Hearts for Owen. Oh, really? At the King of the Ring. I didn't I notice that. I want to put that out there that he was um, unrightfully being hated on by the crowd. And I don't remember, well, we might get into this. I can't remember when it was, but he says that his, he hopes his mom and dad are watching. Okay. Do you remember that? I think he says it to this. the camera. Um, kind of like echoing that first that infamous promo where he's a bleeding heart saying yeah. all of the stuff to his mom and dad and now it's kind of like mom and dad I hope you're watching because I'm pissed off and I'm like I'm about to rip somebody apart yeah. I got one more thing I want to say and this is for you mom and dad I'm sick and tired of you trying to kiss up to me you weren't there when I needed you you weren't there so now I'm doing real good on my own without the help of anybody and you're trying to kiss up to me. Well, I'll tell you something. Don't come around kissing up to me. You can save your kissing up for Brett, somebody who really needs it. I don't need you. And when I'm king of the ring, don't you come around me. I'm out of here. 
Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I didn't notice that at all. I didn't notice the camera talking or the sign. <laughs> so, Jim Nightheart's the mystery family member. Um, again, former member of the Hart Foundation. Tertiary family member. <laughs> also, former member of the new foundation, a tag team with Owen Hart. Um, and again, we made it a point to made it a point to mention before that they were a team. I think in our first episode in the prologue. So this is where this comes back into play. Art Donovan on commentary observes that this is like David and Goliath, and Gorilla says, "We all know how that one ended," <laughs> implying that the little guy can win sometimes. And Art Donovan says, "Yeah, we know how it ended. He got hit with a rock." That was it. So I love how I'm, like opposite that is from Gorilla calling them Cain and Abel. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like David and Goliath. Yeah. So I don't know if Art's point was um, that Brett could only beat Diesel with a slingshot or a rock, or if it was just a completely non sequitur that Art Donovan doesn't even understand the point <laughs> of the very point that he himself brought up. It's like David and Goliath, Gorilla. Yeah, we all know who that how that one ended. All right. Yeah, you hit him with a rock. <laughs> it's just like, okay. Who's <laughs> foreshadowing Rocky Maivia? Oh, there you go. Brett pulls Rocky Maivia out of his tights and whacks Diesel <laughs> with him. Um, so how the match ends is Brett gets a sharpshooter and Shawn Michaels breaks it up. Okay, so Diesel gets saved here. What happens next is that Diesel gets the jackknife on Brett. The move Brett just said, I don't know if I could kick out of that. And before the ref can count, Jim the Anvil Nightheart slides in the ring right in front of everybody and clotheslines Diesel. And then he just kind of storms off. He saves Brett's title. And as far as we know, he's the good guy. The crowd pops when he clotheslines Diesel. And then he just leaves. So it's very confusing. Um, this leaves Sean and Diesel in the Does ring. Does he laugh when he leaves, James? No. He's, oh. he, he's business. He's got a serious look on his face. He just storms off. Brett, or, uh, Sean and Diesel are ticked. They beat up Bret Hart. Um, D'Anville isn't there to back Bret up. And the next thing we see a couple matches later is Bret walking through the hallway screaming for Neidhart, asking people where he is. So you get the idea of Bret's piss that he broke up the pin because Brett wanted the match to end fair and square, even if he lost. And also that he left him high and dry to get double teamed. Uh, Owen has a great three-minute match with one, two, three, kid. And see, Savage... Did you say Hall of Famer, one, two, three, kid, James? I, I didn't. Hall of Famer, part of DX. <laughs> Actually, he's a very deserving Hall of Famer. Not like Billy Gunn, oh, but okay. anyway... For the second time tonight during this match, Art Donovan asks how much Owen Hart weighs. <laughs> like all he has. Savage, apparently he's thinking about Shawn Michaels like you. He says about 235. <laughs> it's kind of weird they didn't mention either guy's weight at the introductions. But Savage commentated on Raw every week, so should have known it was 227. <laughs> but I guess Savage, unlike me, then or now, had more important things to worry about. <laughs> The finals is Owen Hart versus Razor Ramon. And um, in the Bret Hart documentary, when Bret's talking about King of the Ring, Bret says that Razor really went out of his way to give Bret a great match. That doesn't happen here. <laughs> I guess to be fair, uh, Razor had already worked about 15 minutes. He wasn't used to going that long. Yeah. 
he seemed to have kicked into gear once he had like another five minutes to rest in the ring in a chin lock. <laughs> yeah, do. Randy Orton. <laughs> right, yeah. But um, it, the baby face chin lock is not exactly a thrilling spot. <laughs> so Razor gets knocked out of the ring. Nightheart comes out. He helps him to his feet. Razor takes the help. And then Nightheart clotheslines him, throws him back in the ring. Owen Hart drops a big elbow, and Owen Hart's the new king of the ring. Fair and square, right in the middle of the ring. <laughs> so, the next thing that happens is the famous scene where Owen gets crowned king of hearts. Josh, you were watching at this time. Yeah. Okay, so what did you think about Owen Hart as king of the ring? Uh, loved it. What's not to love? So, same year, he beats Bret Hart, the current WWE champ- WWF champion, and he wins king of the ring. Okay. I mean, he's the best in the biz. He just doesn't happen to have a belt on or a championship All right. to hold up. So Now, at the time, watching this, you were a big Owen Hart fan, even as a kid, right? Yes. Okay. I, I did not fully understand what, and I still don't, what King of the Ring meant. <laughs> <laughs> I would think that if you were the King of the Ring, that meant that you had the belt right right um we follow new japan now they have a new japan cup i always think it's kind of it's kind of similar to that where it's a tournament and you win that means you're the best and you can fight the best (laughs) you know (laughs) you get a number one contendership match which i don't know that that wasn't the idea with king of the ring was it no it every year you got a crown right (laughs) so in gosh what was it i think in 1994 I think with Mabel and in night in 2002 for sure they announced whoever wins King of the Ring is going to get a title shot at SummerSlam definitely in 2002 they did that there was a uh, history of King of the Ring winners getting SummerSlam title shots um, just kind of happened not necessarily promised right yeah like in 2000 Angle won King of the Ring he was part of the main event of SummerSlam 2000 um, same thing happened in 1995 with Mabel, if that wasn't announced. 1994 with Owen. Ironically, it did happen in 96 with the biggest King of the Ring winner of all time. Steve Austin, yeah, he worked the pre-show that year. He waited so what? I mean, even 97, did he get a title shot? I don't think he did. He got a couple. He, got, he was in that Final Four match after Royal Rumble with the controversial finish, and then he got a one-on-one with The Undertaker at a cold day in hell. Okay, I'm thinking of Mania where it's uh, him and Brett. Greatest match of all time. Yeah, my gosh. It might be, man. That is such a good match. Okay, so Owen wins the coronation ceremony. Nightheart's there. He puts the crown on him. Owen says he doesn't want to be called the Rocket or Owen Hart anymore. He wants to be called the King of Hearts, just like that sign. No, did I not say it right? He said the sign said Queen of Hearts. Oh, it did. Sorry, James. That's okay. what I was referring to with the uh, Hillbilly fans who... Well, yeah, that just seems kind of disrespectful. <laughs> I think it's there. They cut to an interview maybe where he's like, you know how they did it like out in the crowd kind of weirdly on like a right. two by two. That's one of those things. Square like, platform or something. Stuff like that is always so uncomfortable. It's There is a point where it was socially acceptable, but it was never really okay. <laughs> there is... All right, can I, I'm going to sidebar it. Yeah. I do this all the time. I'll allow it. All right, this hilarious commentary spot where, um, again, this is going to be offensive wrestling fans, but there's a match in San Francisco 
and Brutus Beefcake's the good guy, and Rick the Model Martell is the bad guy. And they're fighting outside the ring, and fans are chanting the... I'm not going to say it. The F word, the homophobic the, slur. The bad F word. The bad F word. <laughs> at Rick Martell. And Jesse Ventura, the Hill commentary, says, listen to the hometown fans cheering on Beefcake. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that was hilarious. I just love that in, what was, was it last year or the year before, 2000-whatever, we get our hug me, hold me tight sign. Taken down and Sami Zayn. But yeah. in nineteen ninety four, totally cool to have the Queen of Hearts <laughs> sign hanging out, you know, whatever. Gosh. Well this is a very not a very progressive company. We had the cold us <laughs> stuff still to come. Oh man. I don't know if that'll cover, be covered in the greatest feuds of all time. I don't yeah, it probably won't be, but <laughs> that was a really actually a really good character. It's just the way that the commentators reacted to it was terrible. Yeah. Okay, so King's Court next, Jim Nightheart. There's some fun stuff here. We're going to play a couple of clips, but um, right away, fans start chanting, we want Brett. Jerry Lawler apologizes for the idiots, and Nightheart says, no, no, that's typical. Um, so Nightheart says he carried the Heart Foundation for years. Brett showed so little gratitude that it was unbelievable. And then Einhart says, for the last couple of years, while he's been champion off and on, he's called me on many occasions. Well, a matter of fact, King, over the last couple of years, when the hitman has been the World Wrestling Federation title holder, champion, he's called me on many occasions. And he said, Evel, what do I do in this situation? Evel, what do I do here? And I give advice, and he's become the champion. And what have I got for it? Not one! Sounds like the rock and Owen Hart to the left. Savage points out, Savage says, he sounds like Owen Hart. Which is, again, where this is going character-wise. I, I don't remember if we've talked about this before or not, Chase, but I really wish Savage would have stuck with the commentary. Because I really loved him on commentary. He was great on commentary. I think he like, took it as like a insult to do commentary, right? That's the narrative, yeah. So that's, I mean, I guess you can't get around that, but... I don't know that Slim Jim WCW uh, Randy Savage would have been any better than the commentary Randy Savage. We would have missed the DDP feud, which was really good. Oh, that's true. But, yeah, a lot of the WCW... It was fun for a couple of years, you know, but... I mean, I geeked for NWO Savage, but... Okay, yeah. I was also, like, 12, so... <laughs> <laughs> I was 17. Shut up. I'm not a little target audience. <laughs> So, um, Gorilla Monsoon here, by the way, is on commentary with Randy Savage, and Monsoon, this is during the steroid trial that Vince was on trial for, Monsoon is just the worst commentator here. This, he's just in full-on, Anvil will say something, and the second you start to think, that's interesting, you know, he might have a point, Gorilla Monsoon... Monsoon will jump in with, that's a bold-faced lie! He's a liar! Yeah, yeah, the sledgehammer pot, like, no, it's a lie! And I hated it. He just ruined the segment. But Anvil brings out the rocket, the winner of the tournament. Uh, he says, I want to be called the King of Hearts, spelled H-A-R-T. And Owen says, Brett, now that I've won the King of the Ring, 
I've proved I would have beaten you if I was in the tournament. I'm coming for you. I'm coming for the title. And then he tells Jerry, next time I come here, I'll have the WWF title with me. And the next big pay-per-view at the time was SummerSlam. Yeah, so that's sort of a hint, like, okay, this is where we're going with this. Now we're going to side step for the second time, so we're going to move this right along. Bob Backlund on Superstars for the week. He gets this out of nowhere. You know, he's been a jobber for most of his run since he returned in late 1992. This is summer of 94. And he says, you know, I lost the title when, again, this is just like Bob Backlund didn't get promo time. And so it's very different to see him have an insert promo here. And they're showing old footage of when he lost the title. And he says, ever since I came back, I've been waiting for the right time to try to reclaim what I feel like I never lost fairly. And that's the title. Well, now's the time. And he says, Brett, I know you're a man of your word and that you'll take on anybody. And I want my title shot. Well, a matter of fact, King, over the last couple of years, when the hitman has been the World Wrestling Federation title holder, the champion, he's called me on many occasions. And he said, Ethel, what do I do in this situation? Ethel, what do I do here? And I give advice, and he's become the champion. And what have I got for it? Not one little thank you. Nothing. He's an ingrate. Bret Hart is an ingrate. Sounds like the rock and Owen Hart to the left. So this promo, Josh, what did you think of it? Well, I, so I have a question, James. Shoot. And I could just Google this, but it's no, much no. more fun asking Let's you. Let's talk about it. Is Bob Backlund crazy? In real life? His promos, I've watched a lot of them the last couple of days from okay. this time period. Yeah, yeah. I think I've told you this before, but I went to the Pro Wrestling Tees store in the freestanding store in Chicago. I'm so jealous. That's so cool. And, you know, geeking hard, buying way too many shirts and all that. <laughs> and I get to the counter and my wife asks the guy who his favorite wrestler is. And he says, Bob Backlund. Okay, so he's like our age, so 35 to 40, somewhere in that range. So a good five to six years after the Backlund. There's no way in hell that Bob Backlund was his favorite wrestler as a kid. Obviously, you could pull the, you know, like I've done with Larry Sabisco and you've done with Who's Your Guy? Oh, Morocco, yeah. You know, pull the YouTube rabbit hole and really get into somebody. But I would never say that Larry Sabisco is my favorite wrestler. I mean, it's, you know... That's yeah. really reaching. So I think, you know, he just said that because he works the register at Pro Wrestling Tees. We asked him who his second favorite was, and it was The Rock. So I think, you know, <laughs> you can see that line of thought, you know, Bob Backlund, The, the Rock. Rock. So he likes the same type of wrestling. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> but what I remember as a kid was this, Bob Backlund being, like, unintelligible. Like, yes. Un- <laughs> unrecognizing, like, what he's even talking about in the ring or backstage or whatever. Whenever his promos, I think one point he calls himself God. Is that right? Uh, when he wins the title, yeah. he says, I am God. So, so what's with that? It was <laughs> a very unique turn. So what we're talking about here, him acting crazy, Brett gives him the title match. It's the following week. It's an amazing technical match. Again, it's a great back-and-forth match. Backlund steps it up. He looks like a million dollars. Brett does a fantastic job of really playing to his strengths here in a way that nobody had been able to do yet. And Bob brings the intensity for his part. The match ends with a Bob gets a cradle for about two and three quarters. you got to watch out for those. Yeah, again, Brett's susceptible to cradles. (laughs) (laughs) And so... 
Bob kind of turns to the ref, ref says two, and Bob goes right back to Brett, and then Brett catches him in a cradle, and that gets three. So after the match, Bob is mad, he like hits the mat, and Brett goes to shake his hand, and Bob's kind of reluctant, he really thought this was his moment, and he shakes Brett's hand. He shakes Brett's hand, yeah, I said that right, <laughs> okay. And so then Brett kind of hits some ropes to pose, he notices Bob Backlund still in the ring, so he offers to shake his hand again, and Bob shakes it again, and then Brett raises Bob's hand. And again, Bob looks kind of mad. The fans are cheering Brett, and you see this moment where Bob kind of yells at the fans for a second. He's like, hey, you know. And then so, but Bob Backlund just won't leave the ring, and so Brett goes to shake his hand one more time. And this time Bob slaps him, puts on the chicken wing, leaves the ring staring at his hands, and now Bob Backlund is a heel. And you know, at some point, for the title or not, we're going to get a Brett-Bob Backlund feud. But I love this match. This is maybe my favorite match in the history of superstars. Probably it easily is. Um, did you have any impressions of the match? Did you like it as much as I did? I don't think so. Ah, man. <laughs> I mean, I just did, was not a fan of Bob Backlund back in the day. Okay. So, yeah. So this... I thought he was just an old dude. <laughs> you know, what are you doing here? Kind of thing. I'm sure that offends the guy that works the front desk at Pro Wrestling. Times. I'm sure right. he's listening. He's yeah. listening right now. Sorry, dude. Maybe he meant seventies Bob Backlund. <laughs> I I get it. You know, like when you go back and watch old stuff, you really only see the highlights, right? Right. So, like, if you got a Best of Shawn Michaels DVD, you might think this guy's one of the best ever, and they'd leave out the part where he screws Brad. You're like, oh, what a bad well, that person. Would be, that would be on the DVD. <laughs> So, anyway, we go from here to the, they announced the main event for SummerSlam, which is Undertaker versus Undertaker. <laughs> but then the next match, the next week, they announced the double main event, and this is Brett versus Owen Hart in the cage. Kind of a cool concept here. Cage matches traditionally in wrestling would happen as like the third or fourth match between the two. It would be like one match would end in a DQ, the next one would end in a countout, and then it would be like, okay, we need a cage to keep everybody in the ring, and that's when a cage match would happen. On screen, you know, they did some tours, uh, Brett Persoan, but none of those were never acknowledged on TV. So on screen, the only thing we've seen is Brett Persoan at WrestleMania, which Owen won. Seemingly... It should have been a normal match for the title now to see if Owen could do it again. But instead, after King of the Ring with Jim Daniel Neidhart, they announce, okay, this is going to be a cage match. You know, we've got all these volatile elements with the family. This isn't a cage match to keep the wrestlers in. It's a cage match because we need to keep the family out. Bret Hart gives the initial promo when they announce the match. He says, 15 foot high, steel cage, no one's getting in or out. It's just gonna be you and me, and we're gonna find out just who is the king of hearts. And he really, for people that kind of, you know, give Brett Flack for being a bad or boring promo, he could bring the intensity, and I loved this promo. This is another favorite of mine. Do you recall anything about this one? Not particularly other than just the fact that he was very um, adamant in this Yes. One. You know, it's all like, I'm assuming he knew what was going to happen. And he was kind of telegraphing, you know, that whoever wins this match is the best of the two brothers. Yes. 
And Brett really ends it in a good note here. He says, the King of Hearts. And one thing I forgot to mention in the King of the Ring when he's talking about Diesel in his promo, he says, I mentioned that uh, Diesel could never outrun a Porsche. He said, a Diesel could never outrun or outperform a Porsche. <laughs> And so Brent had a tendency to sometimes talk too much in his pros. Yeah, that that's end, a too. test that you normally have, right? Where you try to outrun and outperform a Porsche. <laughs> yeah. Right? Can it outrun and outperform? So. Um, so that's really cool. Owen Hart responds, um, you know, just says, you know, the family, they're coming around. You know, mom and dad, they're coming around, the family coming around, and now they're all jumping on my bandwagon, and it's because I'm going to win. So right now, we're in August. We're going all the way back to January, where January, where Owen thinks, if I can just win, my family will love me more than Brett. And it's right back where he is. Eight months later, he got mad at his mom and dad. He said, I don't need you. And now he's back to... Please love me. Yeah, please love me. And it'll you'll be right in loving me because I'm going to win as if that's the reason you should love somebody. Right. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, how your parents love just whoever's the better wrestler. <laughs> that's why I got into wrestling. <laughs> Anvil says it's great that Owen is finally getting the respect, love, and admiration that he deserves. Owen says coming from him, that means a lot because he knows better than anyone what kind of a person Brett really is. He's a liar, a snake, and a backstabbing partner. I really love the Anvil pull in here of, you know, the history of the Heart Foundation. And if you're going to have anybody kind of on Owen's side, having Anvil is kind of like a real head scratcher for the crowd. You know, like, well, if he's on his side, then maybe he has a point. Right, Yeah. Brett, you know, he contends that having Jim Neidhart back you up is a big mistake because he stabbed Brett in the back and so he can't be trusted. Anvil said Brett was an ingrate. He was ungrateful. Owen kind of said the same thing like six months before that, you know, background Survivor Series, that Brett didn't thank him when he did all the hard work at Survivor Series. <laughs> and so you really, like the narrative has become the anvil is in Owen's ear kind of poisoning him. And Well, that's your narrative, James. Well, that's the commentary the narrative. narrative. Our narrative on our side is Anvil saw the light of day, you know? <laughs> Went to, at just like their parents will do, go to the better wrestler side. <laughs> it is kind of a funny thing. When we get to SummerSlam, they talk to Stu for a minute, and... Stu's so distraught that he says, well, tonight we're going to find out who really is the better wrestler. I've <laughs> been waiting my whole life. <laughs> in this Owen promo, um, in addition to saying that stuff about Brett. Is this the, this he, is the one where it's like... This is where he talks about Cool blue and dark and like... Not yet. Nobody's in the crowd. Okay, Okay, so. that... Yeah, all, all right. We're almost there. So... Owen says, it's just like in your childhood. And he says, Brett, you'd always pick on me, you'd tease me, and then Dad would send us down to the dungeon to work things out. And of course, Brett, you were bigger, you used to torture me, but after a while I learned how to fight back. And there came a point where I was beating you so bad that you used to shake in your boots and you'd be clamoring and begging to get out of the dungeon. And Owen says, it's going to be the exact, the exact same thing in the steel cage. At this point, you can't ruin my childhood. Like, I love that line. Well, it says, you ruined my childhood, Brett. Yeah. I'm going to take it back at SummerSlam. And Brett kind of 
echoes this in a promo at SummerSlam, but we'll we'll get there in a minute. All right, yeah. So, gosh, yeah. Owen says the whole family's starting to come around. Um, he's talking to his mom and dad. Um, all right. So the character fall, you know that we've talked about with Owen Hart is that yeah. you know having love isn't enough. It's all right. So the Great Gatsby, right? There's that great moment where um, he's talking to Daisy, right? And uh, they're talking to Daisy's husband, and Gatsby says, like, you love me. And she's, uh, she, I think she says, like, yes, that's true. It's like, and you never loved him. Tell him that you never loved him. And, again, that's one of the character flaws of the great Gatsby. It's not enough that she loves him. It has to be she loves me. And she never, ever loved any other guys at all. It has to be this, like, perfect scenario. It's kind of the Owen Hart thing here, too. It's not enough that his parents love him. It's that his parents love him, and and also he's the best. So you just like any literary work starring Leonardo DiCaprio, James? Generally, yeah. Romeo and Juliet, Great Gatsby, you know. (laughs) Bring him on. The Revenant. (laughs) (laughs) So with Owen saying that the family's coming around to his bandwagon... This leads to the King's Court, where he, again, kind of reinforces this, and then Bruce Hart walks down the aisle, okay? Bruce Hart says that this is a bunch of crap, the family's not coming around, he, this is the words he uses, you let us down, you sold us out at Survivor Series, you cheated at WrestleMania, which is only kind of true, by the way, and he says, at King of the Ring, this buffoon, Jim Neidhart, and... Bruce kind of a heel here. He's talking about his sister's husband. Says Jim Neidhart came in to help you win it. And again, that's factually incorrect because Jim Neidhart never entered the ring. He helped from the outside of the <laughs> ring. But uh, Bruce says that Neidhart needed to, quote, save his bacon. <laughs> and he says that none of the family members are proud of him and that nobody is going to be there to protect him. At SummerSlam, and he calls Owen a disgrace to the family. Owen tells Bruce to watch what he's saying because no... Oh, that's what it is. Owen tells Bruce to watch what he's saying because nobody's there to protect Bruce. And then Bruce says no one will protect Owen at SummerSlam. And then... All right, so this is where Owen becomes really sympathetic all over again, okay? I'd argue that he's pretty clearly a heel up to this point, okay? All right. So Bruce says it'll be like a playpen, just like when you were a kid and you used to sit in that playpen and you'd be crying. That is what, that's what's going to happen at SummerSlam. We go to Brett's go-home promo. That's actually the next thing on our list. And so Brett and his go-home promo, his go-home promo for SummerSlam. Very strange promo. Yeah, he ends it by saying, hey, Owen, remember when you were a baby? I remember when you were a little baby. And you were in the crib, and you had your wet diapers on, and I used to climb up. I used to climb up and do like a chin-up on your, uh, on your crib and just look at you. And you know, you used to cry. Well, it's going to be the exact same thing in the SummerSlam. I'm going to peer through that bars, that 15-foot-high steel cage match with the World Wrestling Federation Championship belt draped over my shoulder. And Owen, you're going to cry yourself a river of tears. What a baby. Owen was crying as a ba- like a baby when he was a baby. What the heck? What a loser. Wah, wah, wah. 
And so and then Bret Hart also, he says, he mentioned that Jim Neidhart was fat. Ha, he's fat. But he failed to mention that he's also stupid, which yeah. is, this is the baby face. This is the baby face saying these yeah. things. And yeah, it's hard to watch. And again, it just kind of complicates things again where you just thought, okay, Bret's pretty clearly good. Owen's pretty clearly bad after kind of screwing Bret at King of the Ring, or I guess Neidhart did. But now... It's like, you know what? Brett's kind of a jerk, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, it's very, like, older brother stuff. Yes, know? yeah, and we're right back to these shades of gray that we started with, where you kind of see each guy's point. And again, back to Owen Hart being the sympathetic heel, if you know you're right, and even if the only person backing you up, Jim Vanville Nightheart, is kind of a jerk, you're still right, and you need a friend. Right. Why not align with the Annabelle? Yeah, he kind of echoes that Owen promo and that what they did when they were kids is what's going to happen in the ring. So he's crying as a baby in his in his crib, and Brett used to climb up and watch him cry like a weirdo. Yeah, he used to do a little chin-up. sociopath. <laughs> and that's what he's going to do in the cage, you know, Brett. Essentially, Owen's going to be laying there crying. Yeah, a river of tears. A river, for Brett. A river of tears. <laughs> and he's going to be outside of the cage, aka won the match, and peeking in, watching him crying. I mean, right. And Brett's going to. Why be... was he the, the baby face in this scenario? I don't know why they took this direction with it. It's. I don't know. I think things were more Wild West back then. Brett yeah. kind of probably came up with this on his own. It's probably more macho, to, you know, like macho-centric back then where, like, yeah, you shouldn't be, like, a little baby crying all the time. You should take it like a man, even though... He legitimately he was, was a baby. A baby. <laughs> but now, as an adult, he's still doing the same things as a baby. You know? It's hard to defend Brett here with this promo. <laughs> I'm not even going to try. So the next promo, the go-home promo... Maybe the best of his career, Owen Hart, in the cage in an empty arena, being interviewed with Blue Lights by Vince McMahon with Jim Daniel Nightheart here. Josh, talk about this, man. What did you think? I mean, just the, like, intimacy of the promo is very different for that time and really even today. Where, Like you said, they're in an empty arena. Nobody is there, you know. What was that one, Mick Foley and The Rock or something? That... Yeah, that halftime <laughs> heat match. Those two and, and Vince and Owen are the only ones to ever be in an empty arena for no apparent reason. Well, there are a couple others. Okay. And, and they're always great. But he's just pouring his heart out. And uh, you feel like because no one else is around, obviously, a cameraman, he's really getting his feelings off his chest. Yeah. Owen, again, he goes back to the dungeon. He goes back to... Instead of saying Brett picked on me, which sounds kind of generic, like, again, maybe it's the lighting, maybe it's the quiet, but Owen looking at the camera and saying, you tried to hurt me, Brett. I was just a little boy, and you tried to hurt me. It's chilling. It's amazing. Well, it is eerie, and you specially imagine fighting your own flesh and blood. You and me, Brett, all my life I've talked about what you've done to me, how bad you've been to me, how you ruined my childhood, how you picked on me. You know what I'm talking about, don't you, Brett? And you bullied me when I was a little boy, and we'd go into the dungeon, just you and me and Dad. You tried to hurt me, Brett. I was your little brother. But now I'm a big boy now, Brett. 
And I got you just where I want you. I have you at SummerSlam in a steel cage. Just you and me, Brett. There's nowhere to run. There's no escape. These are steel bars surrounding you and I. I'm going to hurt you, Brett. A cage match. It won't be pretty. You ruined the fun when I was a little boy, Brett. And it's not fun anymore. It's gotten out of hand, Brett. And I beat you at WrestleMania. I beat you fair and square. But there was only one thing missing. The World Wrestling Federation title. It's so gripping. And... Again, Owen Hart, he's the heel, but man, you kind of, he's coming off like the protagonist. And so Owen tells Brett, you know, the rain's coming to an end. He gets this really cool part where he says, it's over, it's over. And it's very reminiscent of The Rock's TikTok promos on Kurt Angle in 2001. And Owen wraps it up by telling Brett to get a preview of how SummerSlam is going to look. And Owen just, at that walks away from the microphone, walks to the door, shuts it behind him, and walks to the floor. Like he's gonna do it SummerSlam. Yes, and that is the go-home promo for SummerSlam. And man, Owen Hart delivered a Grand Slam. His biggest shot, and man, he delivered big here. It really kind of weirdly bums me out because I feel like Vince is right there. He sees all the potential. I get putting Brett over at SummerSlam, but you would have thought that like this promo would have like sealed the deal for him to have a a title reign in the future, and it just never happened. Yeah, and the funny thing about this period, they didn't really do heel title reigns. Okay, so Ric Flair in 1992 got one. Let's start there from the Royal Rumble to WrestleMania, so like two and a half, three months. Okay, after that. Savage held it until, I think, early September. Flair got the belt in September, but lost it a month later in October. Brett lost to Yokozuna at Mania, and Yokozuna lost it five minutes later to Hulk Hogan. Okay, so then Yoko gets it back at King of the Ring, and they do a really long Yokozuna title reign all the way to WrestleMania. I don't know what happened there because apparently he drew pretty well, you know, according to like what they were expecting. But did he after... wrestle a lot then? Like defend the belt much? He did, yeah, he did. But after the Yoko experiment, I think they were just done with heel champions, right? Because Brett won. Brett lost the title to Backlund, who lost it three days later to a face. Diesel, a face, lost it to a face. Bret Hart, Bret Hart, a face, lost it to a face. Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels, a face, lost it to kind of a face in Psycho Sid. Psycho Sid, face-ish, lost. And he was fighting heels, so, you know, he's a face, just kind of a maniacal one. He lost to a face, Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels, again, went out injured because he lost his smile, because whatever. <clears throat> and the next guy to win it was face Bret Hart, who lost it to face Psycho Sid, who lost it to face The Undertaker. It wasn't until SummerSlam of 1997 when we really got a heel champion again. Owen Hart, he should have gotten his title around, but for that period, having a heel champion just really didn't seem to be in the cards. That's true, and I don't know that, like... That diminished him as a legend any more than, you know, right? all the stuff he did. It didn't, yeah. Owen Hart is oftentimes spoken in the same breath as, like, a Jake the Snake Roberts, where, you know, that list of best guys never win the world title. Piper, Orendorf, you know, Razor Ramon, Scott Hall. So, yeah, he's on a short list. So, when we get to SummerSlam, I loved 
the promos while they're putting up the cage where I believe it's Todd Pettengill, right? He interviews Stu Hart. He interviews Jim the Anvil Neidhart. Jerry Lawler's... Actually, it's Vince. Vince and Jerry Lawler together, the commentators, are doing these interviews. They notice that the British Bulldog is there, who has been established that he's a brother-in-law, but we haven't seen him this feud yet. And so going one by one, interviewing these guys, I thought it just really added to the anticipation of the match. What did you think? Yeah, I felt like it made it a lot bigger, you know, um, showing all of the family and what they thought. They're kind of all playing the... Um, I don't want to see anybody hurt, like that kind of feeling, not necessarily putting right over hardcore just kind of like this is hard to watch more so right yeah uh jerry lawler tries to stir the pot by saying bulldog you know you beat brett two years ago wouldn't you love to be in the ring with him and bulldog just kind of goes not really because i don't kind of mind he's in mindset he's in right now uh jerry lawler gets blamed by bruce for splitting up the family <laughs> i mean not jerry lawler uh jim the anvil nightheart gets slain by bruce and then the anvil like fires right back at bruce hard don't you point a finger at me <laughs> so it like even in the audience you kind of get like like josh said there's a lot of resignation like okay we're not happy this is happening but there's also that powder keg between bruce and the anvil set to explode and you know that the Bulldog's a wrestler, so he could go off at any time. And I think the fact that it was a cage match at the time was more... This, like, um, signifies a gruesome, hardcore, you know, that kind of feel. Mm -hmm. Whereas it's not just Brett versus Owen at Mania. It's Brett versus Owen in a steel cage that could really permanently hurt one of them. Yeah. Brett, I think in the... Uh go home promo one of the things brett says no this is all right so this is SummerSlam, i believe they interview brett hart backstage before the match okay and brett here is again like the superstars promo with the audience you know he saw that crap but this one he's very humble and he's really resigned and he says he brings up it's like a steel cage you know people you can end careers in this match and i don't want to end owns career and i never wanted this to happen and he says i have to end this i have to end it i promised my mom i would end it no matter what happens this is it tonight he says i don't want to lose this thing the bell and he says and owen i'm not going to and so brett giving you this really emotional promo you can really feel brett's heart here just like you could owens in the cage but then brett kind of the pompous side again kind of kicks in i'm gonna prove that i'm better than owen that i was always better than owen he really didn't have to say that <laughs> if you know your little brother's insecure maybe don't exploit that <laughs> don't say it over and over <laughs> right and this leads to the cage match brett walking out to this match is this classic shot that they use in all his like history videos where the blue light the purple light is kind of on him he sort of looks down he looks to the left the heart the heart light flies over him and it's an amazing piece of camera work so the cage match itself though josh owen hart comes to the ring by the way alone since samuel's in the crowd owen looks like a star here yeah he does like it's it's kind of unreal i think this match is 
one of the best matches ever. Um, watching it back, I just felt like I couldn't believe how good it was. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, Brett versus Owen, it's going to be good, you know, cage, fun. But I don't know how long it is, but it feels like an hour how long it is, but not in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I want to say, not false finishes, but the times where you think it's going to be done with somebody jumping out of the cage happens like, I don't know, 15 times or something, and every time you believe it. Um, one thing I like about this cage match is it's believable for okay. how dumb a cage match idea is. <laughs> you know, when you used to play like the uh, video game versions of cage matches, and it w- they would start to climb out, and it would take them like... <laughs> a year and a half. <laughs> yeah, they would take one step every five minutes. That doesn't happen in this match at all. Every time they go... Like, they're going to go up over the cage or they're going to go out the door. It's believable that they're going to make it out and the other one stops them just in time. And it's just super fun to watch. Okay, now before we go into what happens in the match, like what the finish is, which do you prefer, the WrestleMania match or the SummerSlam? So forever I would say the WrestleMania match, but after rewatching it, I would prefer this match. It's so good, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, that it feels like it takes an hour. I think... It's probably really close as far as factoring everything in. You know, those pre-match interviews, the Brett interview backstage, the intros, the match, the fallout from the match, which takes a good five, ten minutes. Yeah, the rematch is always better than the original, usually, you know. Okay. So, like, Okada was, That was my thought. Which one did you like more, the original or one of the Dominion matches? Well, yeah, I like the fourth one the best. But fourth still, the, best. the second one was, like, you know what they're capable of, and mm-hmm. then they just take it to the next level. Okay, it's funny because I actually I like the first Omega Okada match the best, and I like the first Brett Owen match the best. But it's sort of like saying, "Would you prefer a T-bone steak or a New York strip?" You know, they're just they're great. They're both great. They're both delicious. <laughs> they're delicious matches. <laughs> All right, so the match goes back and forth Vince calls it a seesaw matchup which is meant to speak for five stars Dave Meltzer actually did give this match five stars yeah. right yes yeah. so he's with you on this he liked it better than Wrestlemania too so is that true I can't remember I think so I think Wrestlemania got like four and yeah, three four quarters and a half or something like that and everybody was all pissy that it didn't get five stars that's cause he was wrong <laughs> but, um after each guy gets a sharpshooter I think each guy nearly wins several times it ends with both of them climbing over the cage brawling on the outside of the cage standing there Brett lands one of his classic right hands that Josh loves I think and Owen slips and his leg falls between two of the blue bars and he just kind of falls over so he's just kind of hanging there Brett's about 10 feet up and he looks down and he thinks, this is my only opportunity, and he jumps. And it's this very dramatic-looking fall. He crashes down to the floor outside, and Brett wins the cage match. Yeah, I don't think it feels, you know, like, for example, the you were talking before about Becky, her win at Mania this year, mm-hmm. where you're kind of like, wait, what just happened? Yeah, like it's kind of out of the blue. It, it feels like that, but also because it's like, whatever, 25 minutes in, it's kind of like... You can finally breathe. It fe- yeah, it feels because epic. it's so it's like finish. nonstop action the whole time or whatever. Where you're like, 
okay, like, and, and especially I'm sure at the time most people obviously rooting for Brett, like, thank God they, you know, they were worried, like, that Owen might possibly win again, so. Yeah. Great ending. Yeah. Do you know if that was the plan from the beginning? I believe uh, the plan was for Brett. You know, they had set up the backland feud, so they knew he was going to be the next challenger. So the plan was for Brett to win, but I believe there was some consideration, like, what if we put the belt on Owen? What would happen? Where would we go? Well, I, I mean the finish itself. So oh. Owen falling through like that. Yeah, that was that okay. was fun. Um, well so, executed then. I yes. think the excellence of execution. I, Owen Hart? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's fair. It's fair. He's definitely number two. So, And by number two, I mean crap. So just kidding. Second bill. So um, when Brett wins, the Bulldog stands up. They show the family, and the Bulldog's cheering. He's doing this kind of cheesy rah-rah-looking thing. And the Annabelle jumps the barricade. And he clotheslines the bulldog from behind. It's all about clotheslines with Jim Nightbar. Every time he that's his move. Yeah, every time he backstabs somebody, it's a clothesline. And so after this, he jumps Brett, throws him back in the cage, and then he's got a deadbolt and he locks the cage. And then he and Owen Hart go horsemen as if Brett was Dusty Rhodes, and they were flaring art, and they just beat the crap. Out of Bret Hart in the cage. Yeah. So I gotta say, as someone who loves heels, I did not like this. This was wait, you didn't like it quality wise, or you thought this was really heelish? I did not like it quality. I felt like it was too much. Like, oh, really? The match was, like I said, one of the best matches ever. Okay. I would have preferred, honestly, if Owen would have done some sort of like stare at him for a few minutes and then shake his hand or something. Okay. As opposed to just, like, we get it. You guys don't like each other, you know. It really, like, kind of felt like it was too far at that point, but okay. that's just me. Man, alright, so, I'll give the counter view to that, because yeah. I really loved it. I thought the setup for the cage, and again, traditionally, as a wrestling fan, your condition, cage is the end. It's over after the cage. And so they have the cage match, Brett wins. And so it was kind of shocking to me, now that Brett won, but that after the match, Owen and the Anvil are still just like, no, this isn't over, and beating the crap out of him. And the family storms the cage, Bruce Hart, Keith Hart, British Bulldogs kind of leading the way. And then the officials, they get bolt cutters, they break the chain finally, which opens the door which is actually right on time for the heels because just as like Bruce and the Bulldog get over the cage, Owen and Anvil can run out the door. And then, again, the good guys, the family, they're tending to Brett in the ring, which going right back to Survivor Series 93, no one cares about Owen. They're all worried about poor Brett. Right. Owen and the Anvil get interviewed backstage on their way out of the arena. Owen throws his arms up in the air, says he's the real champion. Brett got lucky. I don't know what the Bulldog was doing out there, but he should have minded his own business. The Anvil starts screaming about Brett, and he's going to be the interim challenger until we get to back when he says, I laid Brett out right in that GD cage. I'll do it again. Owen says, let's go celebrate my victory, and they walk off. And that is how... <laughs> Again, this was looking to be the blow-off to this feud. Right. And as it turns out, we're still like seven months away from the blow-off. 
Yeah, that's kind of what I didn't like about it. I felt like it was a good ending. It's such a good match. You're not going to beat that. And I know they don't know that going into it, whether or not it's going to be a classic, but I felt like they could have just finished there and it would have been great. And it would have been. It would have been. It still would have been an all-time classic feud, for sure. So the next, the final thing we're going to do in this episode is, I believe it's two or three weeks later, they had a match on the premiere episode of The Action Zone, a Sunday afternoon show WWF had on USA Network, where the kind of theme of this was, you know, like Superstars Wrestling Challenge were usually angle, tripping shows with squash matches, Monday Night Raw would usually have one or two, like, Real star versus jobber star type matches and otherwise be squashes, interviews. This was supposed to be, okay, if you want a competitive match, watch this show. And so episode one was main evented by Bret Hart versus Owen Hart for the WWF title. With the caveat being, if Owen doesn't win here, it's his last title shot ever. Now on screen, this is only Owen's second title shot. But... Again, if Brett stays champion, you know, he's got to move on to other challengers, so... And the fact that it had been, like you said, months and months of time spent on this feud, it felt like he had a bunch more chances than he really did. Right, right, yeah. So, the match goes on. Pretty good match. I didn't think it was as good as WrestleMania or SummerSlam, but I'd still give it over four stars. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, it's a bizarre um, place to have the match, but yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with Brett Miller. Right. So the match ends this time um, with... (laughs) Actually, it's funny. I saw Brett and Owen wrestle on a couple of house shows. And the second one, which was prior to SummerSlam, was essentially this match, except with Bruce Hart in the place of the British Bulldog. So in this match, the Bulldog's in Brett's corner, Anvil's in Owen's. Anvil does something. He interferes to, like, hurt Brett. And it looks like Owen's going to win, and Owen climbs to the top rope, and then the Bulldog pushes him off, and then Brett rolls over and he covers Owen for the win. So the way my dad put it is, oh, it's kind of a my guy can cheat better than your guy type ending. And that's how this part of the feud ends. Brett Hart wins, Owen goes to the back, and then Brett says, I'm putting all the other challengers aside. They're all going to come second to Bob Backlund. I'm going to get you dealt with now. So the feud, as far as the focus of it being Brett versus Owen, it goes on, but their section is over for the moment. Uh, Backlund is announced as the challenger for Survivor Series after Brett gives that promo. Actually, they cut to Backlund in the back, and they ask how he feels, and he says, I'm not going to believe it until I see it in writing. Well, the next weekend, they say Brett versus Backlund at Survivor Series. Backlund asks for it to be a submission match. Based on how he lost the belt, he wants some kind of poetic justice here. Which was when was that? 1983. Yeah. We're in 1994 now. So his um, championship rematch clause. Right. Yes. And so, um, funny thing, Hulk Hogan won the belt when Bob Backlund was supposedly too injured to show up for the title shot. So. Backlund never got a shot at Hogan because he wasn't the ex-champion. Again, we're speaking in kayfabe terms here. And now he he's finally going to get his second title shot this year now, right? He wants a submission match. Brett gives it to him because he'll take on anybody. And so how it's going to work is that each guy is going to have a quarter man with a towel. And when their guy gives up, they have to throw in the towel. And when the towel's thrown in, that's how that guy loses. So, again, it's very much playing into how Backlund lost the belt. 
Brett picks the Bulldog, and of course, Bob Backlund, who's he going to pick? Brett's biggest rival, Owen Hart. So what do you think about Owen kind of transitioning from the lead heel maybe to like the second heel behind Bob Backlund? Well, I think, you know, with everything that's been going on on TV, it's like it's not hard for Owen to still be the guy that everybody focuses on versus mm-hmm. Bob Backlund. In this match, specifically Survivor Series, he shines big time. So with all of the TV time he's had and everything, James, I think he's still clearly the focus, the focal point of this. Mm-hmm. Would you agree back then? I mean, I don't know what it was like if people gave a crap about Bob Backlund, but I know I didn't. And I was just happy that Owen was out there um, anticipating some sort of uh, fourth or fifth or whatever match with Bret Hart. (laughs) Backlund got his own style of monster push at this time. He um, beat up a writer for WWF Magazine. He was putting everybody in the chicken wing and saying that nobody could break it. They were calling him Mr. Backlund. He fought Lex Luger on Raw and... I think, like, and he kind of beat Lex Luger. He may have lost by DQ technically, but it was sort of like, oh yeah, Backlund had Luger's number there. He won, and then Tatanka just took some cheap shots or something like that. And um, so going into the match, I kind of thought like, okay, he's a credible challenger. But it was it was weird. It was that same thing where like they hadn't set up another challenger for Brett yet. So in the back of my mind as a long term fan, I'm thinking like, he's he might lose here. But then at the same time, Bob Acklin winning seemed kind of unfeasible. And we'll stop right there. Yeah. This episode. Sure. And at the next episode, we're going to finish it all off. Um, we'll backtrack, talk about a couple of more Brett Owen exchanges and Owen Bulldog match. And Josh, so far, okay, we've gone from King of the Ring to SummerSlam here. What are your impressions about 1994, the year that was with Bret Hart and Owen Hart? So I think monumental year for Owen. Um, nobody probably saw it coming that he was going to break out, become this huge star. I mean, picture this. In 1993, Owen Hart is just jobbing. In 92, he's losing television matches as a tag team with Coco Beware. And in 94, he's main eventing, or sub-main eventing, at least WrestleMania and SummerSlam. And he's winning King of the Ring. Yeah, um... And then Brett, all the while, you know, being champion and carrying the, the face side of it, making all the, all the kids happy. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like it was a pretty heart-heavy year. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> all right, so we'll see you next time where we cover Survivor Series, some Raw matches, and finally the final blow-off, as well as Royal Rumble, but then the final end, Brett Hart versus Owen Hart, no holds barred on Monday Night Raw. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.